Thank you so much for your uh, very kind invitation to come to Stephen and to Birdie uh, to come here to the lifeboat. It's, it's a joy to be with you, uh, and we thank you uh, so much in the Lord's name. I also want to thank you for those of you who have been praying uh, for our little daughter, uh, Rose, who was born just two months ago. Uh, and we want to thank you so much for many of you have been praying and sending messages, uh, and we really appreciate that. Uh, she is uh, doing well, uh, doing very well. Uh, the doctors are very pleased with her progress, uh, and we are so thankful for, to the Lord for all of his faithfulness uh, concerning Rose. She will have to uh, potentially go for surgery uh, in August time, probably, uh, but that uh, is something that they can fix and repair, uh, and we're so thankful to the Lord's hand uh, in, in all of this situation uh, and in, in all uh, of our trials. We thank the Lord that He is in control. Amen. And that is the main thing, isn't it? And we're so thankful for His love and for His providence, for His sovereignty and for His goodness in all of our lives. I want us to turn tonight, or this morning, uh, rather, to Psalm 93 to this great psalm. And I want to speak this morning in what many have believed and many have said is the chief cornerstone of divine truth. The bedrock or the doctrine of all doctrines. And that is the sovereignty of God. That God being in control of all things, God is and God reigns. A.W. Pink said that this is the foundational doctrine to all Christian theology, that God reigns, that God is in control. He also said that it, it, this doctrine is the sun around which all other planets circle. That God is in control. A dethroned sovereign God is an idol, he said, and leads to bad theology. If we take God from his throne, we get all types of mischief. We get bad theology. We get bad doctrine. We get mysticism. Absolute sovereignty is what I love to ascribe to God, said Edwards, the sovereignty of God. Now, in our reading, you will turn to Psalm 93, and let us read this together. I want you to notice, and these are the first three words what we want to emphasize on this morning. Let's read it together. The Lord reigneth. He is clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed with strength, wherewith he hath girded himself. The world also is established that it cannot be moved. Now he goes on to here to speak about the throne. Thy throne is established of old. Thou art from everlasting. The floods have lifted up. O Lord, the floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their waves. The Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters, yea, than the mighty waves of the sea. Thy testimonies are very sure. Holiness becometh thine house, O Lord, forever. 
Now, could you read that psalm and say that God isn't in control? I want you to turn just very quickly to Psalm 103. And verse 19. The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens. Look at this next part. And his kingdom ruleth over all. Let us have a word of prayer together, please. Our gracious and eternal heavenly Father, we bless thee, Lord. And we praise Thee for what we have heard already today and these great hymns that we've been singing together. And Father, yea, as we have opened and we have read Your Word, we thank You for its infallibility, for its inerrancy. And Father, we thank You that the Word of the Lord shall endure forever, that heaven and earth will pass away, but the Word of God shall endure forever. And we pray, Lord, that You would help us today, those of us who... Uh, Lord, would sit, all of us who would sit unto your word today, those that are going through trials, those who are going through pain, those, Lord, who seem downcast, those that are at cold in heart, those perhaps that don't even know thee, Lord. We pray that today that we would see the Lord God in his majesty, in his purity. We pray this in our Savior's precious and ever worthy name. Amen. When we consider this towering doctrine of the sovereignty of God in that that God is in control of all things, I want us to follow this morning the truth that God is sovereign and it is the anchor of our souls. This truth that God is in control of all things, we need to be, we need to, need, need to be reminded afresh, don't we? that God is in control. In the midst of a world that is going crazy, in the midst of a world that is going deeper and deeper and further and further away from God, is it not comforting for us this morning of this towering truth that the Lord reigns? He reigns. Spurgeon wrote these words, that the sovereignty of God is the pillow upon which the child of God rests his head at night, giving perfect peace. Let me read that again to you. The sovereignty of God, meaning that God is in control of all things, for the child of God is the pillow upon which the child of God rests his head at night, giving perfect peace. Child of God, this morning, when we go to bed this evening, and when you went to bed last evening, we can go to bed knowing, and we can rest on the pillow of God's sovereignty, that there's not one thing that can behest us or come to us that the Lord doesn't know about. God is sovereign. Just as you place your head in a comfortable pillow, there's nothing more comfortable than that, is there? Than lying your head on a nice pillow. Well, Spurgeon wrote that for the child of God, he can rest his head on the pillow of the sovereignty of God. 
Now, whilst we like to read these men, Spurgeon and Edwards and Pink, and all of these great men down through the ages, we're not here to specifically consider what men say, are we? What we have read together, I want us to look at this Psalm 93 in the Psalter, in the, uh, another name for the, 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 the book of the Psalms. That is to say, the entire book of Psalms, they are concisely compiled into various classifications. The Psalter. What better book that could we turn to than the, the church has turned to down through the ages to find comfort, to, to find solace, to find peace than the Psalter? We have the, the Lament Psalms, of which is the largest category of the Psalter. The Lament Psalms. We have another classification. We have the Royal Psalms. We have the Wisdom Psalms. We have the Thanksgiving Psalms. And we can go on. What comfort do we draw from in the book of Psalms? Why, it's there where we feel the heartbeat of God himself. But this psalm that we have read together falls into the category of the enthronement psalms, where we see God high and lifted up, where we see God in all his majesty, where we come to him, and as the church should come to him in the proper context, as a child of God, knowing that God sits on the circle of the earth, that he's in control, that he rules. Now, Psalm 93 to Psalm 99 in this category of the enthronement psalms, there is a, a reoccurring chorus, if you like, a, a reoccurring refrain that is a, a golden thread running right through these enthronement psalms. Psalm 93 to Psalm 99, and the, this is written for our benefit and to enforce to us as the church of Jesus Christ, and the theme is this. The Lord reigns. Psalm 93, verse 1, we read, which we have read together, The Lord reigneth. This is our text. If we turned, which you don't have to, if we turned to Psalm 96, verse 10, we read, Say among the heathen that the Lord reigneth. The world also shall be established that it shall not be moved. He shall judge the people righteously. Psalm 97 verse 1 begins again, the Lord reigneth. Let the earth rejoice, let the multitude of the isles be glad thereof. If we turn to Psalm 99 verse 1, we read the first three words again, we read, the Lord reigneth. Let the people tremble. He sitteth between the cherubims. Let the earth be moved. My dear friends this morning and believers, come back from what the world, come back from the ideology of the world this morning. Come back from the thought process that the world would seek to meander and seek to infiltrate our minds by way of news by way of social media, by way of conversation. Let us rejoice this morning that the Lord reigns. And He reigns supreme. You know what the problem is quite often? And I'm not speaking of the world. Quite often with the, the problem with the church of Jesus Christ today is that they don't know who God is. 
we have lost in who He is in His majesty, in His power, in His supreme authority, that God reigns. Spurgeon again wrote that there is no attribute more comforting to his children than that of God's sovereignty. Under the most adverse circumstances, in the most severe trials, the child of God believes that divine sovereignty has even ordained their afflictions. Sovereignty overrules them. And sovereignty will sanctify them all. Dear people this morning, the Lord does not merely sit upon His throne, which we have read very briefly on this morning, and He sits disconnected from the affairs of this world that, is, that all that is going on. He does not sit on His throne this morning and is surprised of what is going on. There's no surprises to God, is there? There's nothing comes at His surprise. The King of kings and the Lord of lords is in charge today. He has a master plan. There's no plan B. From before the foundation of the world, God knows. It is the song of the church, the gospel church in the New Testament, and of the glorified church which is to come, that the Lord reigns. In Revelation 19 and 6, we read these words. And I want you to listen, and we have heard these words so often, but I want you to listen to it as if you never heard it before. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of many thunderings, listen to this, saying hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. He sits on his throne. He's unmoved today. He's unmoved this morning. And whatever opposition may arise to his throne and to his kingdom, his throne remains unmoved. He has reigned. He does reign. And he will reign forever. And whatever the turmoil and rebellion beneath the clouds, the eternal king sits above it and all in complete sovereignty. Dear people this morning, this is the truth of the Bible. This is the truth of, of God's Word that God reigns. All things are ordered according to His eternal purposes, and His will is done. I want us to consider very quickly how this psalm begins. Now, many verses that we read and many chapters and many texts that many preachers would come before you, they, they give the context, which is very important. There's quite often a prologue at the start of any book which gives us the context, gives us the, sometimes the, the background to why it is written. But I want us to consider, look how this psalm begins, this Psalm 93. 
The psalmist describes that the Lord reigns. There's no setting the context here. There's no saying of what this psalm is about. He he simply says, and he declares right from the outset, that the Lord reigneth. This is the Christian's worldview. This should be our worldview. And as I've said, isn't it so easy? For us as believers, it's so easy to start thinking as the world thinks. Start start to get our... Start... uh, hackling ourselves into a corner and, and, and start becoming afraid. This psalm does not say, to make, obvious, to make a very obvious point, but I want you to listen. This psalm does not begin with that Satan reigns. This psalm does not say that man reigns. This psalm doesn't say that circumstances reign. This psalm does not say that majority reigns. This does not say that Washington reigns. It does not say that Westminster reigns. It doesn't even say that Stormont reigns, and we could say amen to that. It does not say that luck reigns. People talk about luck. The most pagan word that could fall from our lips. It doesn't say that luck reigns. It does not say that the stars reign. My dear people this morning, the Lord reigns. He reigns. No matter what you're going through, no matter what trial that we face, no matter what comes our way, is there any more doctrine? Is there anything that we could consider this morning knowing that the Lord reigns and He has us in His hand. He has us in, He has you in His hand. Is it not the little chorus that we sang in our Sunday school days? He's got the whole world in His hands. He's got you and me, brother, in His hand. He's got the merry little baby in his hands. Any other thought that comes into your mind this morning other than the Lord reigns and he is in control, you're in free fall. You have no hope. Imagine us meeting this morning having the mindset that circumstances reign in our lives. And situations reign our lives. What comfort to the child of God that, that God sits upon his throne this morning and he reigns. God presides over his created order. He, he presides over the whole thing. He sits on his throne and he governs in all authority. If there's ever a time in our history when we need to get a fresh vision of who God is, a fresh vision of him sitting on his throne with all of those angels that are flying around his throne at this very millisecond, 
with, with, with a noise that the human ear couldn't even comprehend. And he sits there, and he sits on the circle of the earth, and he governs all, and he rules all. Heaven is not run by a democracy, but it's run by a theocracy. The universe is not run by a majority, but it's run by the rule of one. A.W. Pink states that God does as he pleases, when he pleases, where he pleases, and with whom he pleases. Dear people, today, maybe you're in the valley, and maybe you're in the deepest depths that you've ever been. I want to say to you this morning, on the authority of God's Word, that the Lord reigns. And you may say, how can He reign in this situation? How can He be reigning in my situation? Dear people this morning, He reigns. He reigns. This psalm does not say that the Lord and Satan reigns, does it? It says simply that the Lord reigns. Now, we know very well that we have the God of this world. We know that the, 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 we live in a fallen world. We know that Satan has a, has a power. We, we know that. The, the, Christ called him, and Paul says that he's the prince of the power of the air, the devil whom multitudes follow and is under his control. And we would well, as I've said, get into the mindset that God and Satan are in this cosmic, kind of a cosmic tug of war, that one day God is ahead and, and the next day that Satan is ahead. Dear people, this morning, that is wrong theology. That is the mindset of the world. That is the mindset of one who doesn't know their Bible. It does not say that God and Satan reign. Of course, Satan has great power and that he has great dominion. And there's the battle of the air. We, we, we know all of that. But above that and supersedes that is that the Lord reigns. There are difficult circumstances, of course, that, there, that, that we cannot explain. Difficult situations that leave us asking why, of course, there are those situations. And we may never get the answer. And we can get our head muddled and we can get our head confused in, in trying to, to, to work all of this out in the, the origin of evil. Why did God allow evil? All of these things. These are questions that we may never know. But let's hold to what we do know. That in amongst all of these things, even when we hear all oh, the devils, this and the devils in control, we give them too much airtime. We give them too much power. This text tells me that the Lord reigneth. And circumstances that come our way and situations that come our way above and superseding and roundabout and the depth and all around all of these things, we know, and it's the greatest comfort to each and every one of us, that God reigns. 
Of course, the devil has his day, doesn't he? And he is having his day. But he's on a leash. He's on a leash. Is not the book of Job, does that not tell us all we need to know about what the devil does and what he's like? He, he, can, do all, he can do all of these things, but he's on a leash. He can only do what God permits. He, he can come so far, and he can come no further. God reigns. These three simple words with all the depth and as profound as they are that the Lord reigneth. This, the verb tense here, which is very important to realize the context, not only the context, but the verb tense here means that he reigns in its constant. The rendering of these words is constant. It's present tense. It's indicative. It's a statement of fact. It's a statement of fact for us this morning that the Lord reigns. He was reigning before the foundation of the world. Look at verse 2 that we read together. It tells us that from before the foundation of the world. Verse 2 says that thy throne is established of old. Thou art from everlasting. Is it not in another psalm we read that from everlasting to everlasting, he's God. He was reigning in creation. Listen to this. He was reigning in creation. He was reigning during the fall. He was reigning through the Old Testament. He was reigning through the New Testament. He was reigning through the, the Roman Empire. He was reigning through the Reformation. He was reigning through World War I and World War II. And he reigns in the affairs of this world this very second. This very second, he rules above all. Do you want to get into the mindset that, 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 that Washington is, is ruling the affairs and, and God has to shift at what they say? Joe Biden? Rishi Sunak? Vladimir Putin? These men that seemingly have power, do you think that they make a decision and they make a move and God has to do another move to counteract? Pagan thinking. Pagan theology. The Lord reigns. And He reigns supreme. As I've said, we face circumstances and we face trials. And I'm not here to make little of those trials. And of course, when circumstances arise... The tears will flow, we know that. God has made us that way. Circumstances that come in our lives, tragedy. The loss of a loved one. Distressing news from the consultant's office. I'm not here this morning to make little of those things, but what I am here to tell you is this. That in the midst of our trials, in the midst of your deepest valley, the comforting fact is this, that the Lord reigns. What comfort. I want you very quickly to turn to Romans 5. 
this great Everest of chapters concerning our faith. May we get a fresh vision of him this morning. May we know that he reigns. May we draw comfort in no matter what comes our way. Look at verse, we'll read the first few verses. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. The good verse 3. And not only so, but we glory in our tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which giveth, which is given unto us. Dear people, this morning, each of us, each of us could stand up here and have went through the trials, have went through the deepest of times, have went through the deepest of valleys. But I can tell you this from personal experience, and I may not have gone through what many of you have gone through, but I can tell you from my personal experience that when the darkest valley seems so dark, the greatest comfort that we can have and that we can cling on to is that God is reigning in this situation. For the child of God, that He, that he holds me in His hand. That He knows the hairs on my head. That, that, that He is in control even in this situation that He reigns. If we don't have this towering doctrine to face of the, the lives trials and, and, the, and our lives circumstances, what else have we to hold to? He's our rock. He's the one whom we cling to. And reading in the context of the Psalms that we should glory in our tribulations, that's for the child of God. The world cannot understand that. Glory in our tribulations. C.H. Spurgeon again wrote, and he said this, and in the, a difficult situation that we came through there lately with our, our little daughter, I remember being in the, in the hospital ward, not, not knowing what the consultant was going to say, and thinking to myself, what is he going to say next? To the point that I thought, I, I, I don't know if I can take any more of what's, what's coming. But do you know this? And I can honestly say before you all, what brought me great solemnity and great peace and that of my wife and us as a family was this. That the Lord reigns. He's in control. Fret not thyself of tomorrow. Yes, the anxiety comes, the trials come, and the tears come. I, I, I know that. Of course they'll come. But in amongst it all, the depth of this, that God is reigning, that there's a calm, there's a peace. 
C.H. Spurgeon wrote, and he said these words, that I've learned to kiss the wave that draws me to the rock of ages. Imagine. How can we get comfort? How can we have comfort when the tornado was around our head? Oh, dear people, this morning, this is for the child of God, that God reigns. The inner peace, the inner comfort, even when all the things are flying around, that God reigns. I'm his child. The hairs on my head are numbered. He knows every sinew. He knows every detail. There's not one thing can happen without him knowing about it. Does that not bring comfort to your soul this morning? Does that not bring peace? And, and may I remind you, if you're not coming, coming from the valley, coming from the trial, you're going into one. God's path and the path of this life is not a simple one. It's, it's narrow and it's up and it's down. And we could well say, well, why would God put us through that? Why would God put anyone through that? Why, where is God in this situation? Dear people, he does all of these things, working out all his purposes so that he'll draw us closer to himself. Could I be bold in saying that that's why we have the trials? That's why we have the difficulties that we learn to kiss the wave that draws us to the rock of ages. Knowing that when a world is going mad that I am anchored to the rock of ages. That the rock that will never move, he will never move and he longs, he longs for me to come and to bask in his presence and to dwell with him. Even when we go through the deepest valley of all, of which all of us will go through if Christ doesn't return first, we'll go through the deepest valley of all, and it's the valley of the shadow of death. And yet, and yet, and yet, he's even there too. Even when we're going through the valley of the shadow of death, the darkest valley that there is known to man, and yet, it gives us that great peace and comfort that we can lie beside still waters. It's almost unbelievable. This is for the child of God that we have nothing to fear. Heaven ahead, His presence ahead. Knowing that when we may see our, be in our death chamber, that he, he, his rod and his staff, they comfort us, and he's right beside us. What comfort, what peace that there's nothing can harm me. Nothing, I have nothing to fear. Dear people, we need to be living in this sphere all of the time. This is for the child of God. I'm not saying that we go around smiling when trials come our way ah, and, and deal with it glibly. I, I'm not saying that. We will have the tears and we will have the heartache. But in, as I've said, amongst it all, that he reigns. The verb tense, as I've said here, is every moment of every day. 
every millisecond of every day, the Lord reigns. He reigns during the mountaintops. He reigns during your deepest valley. He reigns in good days and he reigns in bad days. He reigns in life and he reigns in death. Some people have different theological views on these things. But can I put this to you? Would you want to go to bed tonight or would you want to face the deepest valley that you would go through knowing that the devil reigns in the situation? Our circumstances reign in the situation? Is that how we are to live? Or is that how God would have us living our lives? That, that we are fretting? <coughs> no, dear friends, this morning, we are to look onto the hills from whence cometh our help the maker of heaven and earth. There are 37.2 trillion cells in the human body. There are 352 quintillion gallons of water in the oceans. There are 430 billion birds in the world. How can we say that he doesn't reign? And those are just some trivial facts. God reigns. He he allows the, the, the water, as Ecclesiastes tells us, the water to flow down to the oceans and yet the seas are not full. He allows the oceans to come up to Port Stewart Strand so far and no further. If the earth's axis was office tilt by half a degree, we would freeze to death or roast. The problem is, dear people this morning, that we think as the world thinks. And we don't have a high enough view of God. Whatever you're facing, whatever seems impossible, the Lord reigns. If we were to consider the children of Israel and their journey from the promised land of which came to pass, of course it did. But if you read their journey of the trials that they went through and the hardening of Pharaoh's heart, and they even came to the Red Sea and they came to the sea and the people began to murmur and dispute with Moses, we have come to the the sea, What, what now? And yet he opened up the way. And even when they were going through the Red Sea, they looked behind them thinking that the enemy was defeated. And what happened? The enemy was coming in right after them. This life isn't easy. We live in a fallen world. There's going to be trials and there's going to be tribulations. But in amongst it all, the Lord reigns. And he reigns supreme. Job. 
lost all his cattle. He lost all his sheep. He lost all of his camels, and he, he buried ten children in one day. He had boils. And his wife said, curse God and die. And what did Job say? Though he slay me, yet will I praise him. Yet will I trust him. When we have a fresh vision of who God is, we can face anything. Anything. And in the context of the church, we pray for revival. We pray that God could come, but let's not get into the mindset of the world. And we are to wrestle with God until he blesses us. I know all of that. We are to, we are to wrestle with him and we're to pray. I know all of that. But don't let, don't let burden be replaced by defeat. Don't let us think that we are defeated. Don't let us realize and understand that this battle, as much as we are to have a burden and as much as we are to engage that God will come and we trust that he does and we long that he does. But remember this, that the battle is God's. It's his battle. And he longs for us to, to cry unto him and he longs for us to trust him, but the battle is his. We can't get fretted in the corner and say, oh, look, look at all this going around. Don't let the, uh, 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 a heavy spirit of burden become a burden of defeat. We're not defeated. God is in control. He will build his church and the very gates of hell will not prevail against it. God is working all things for the counsel of his own will, for his glory and his glory alone. God is on the throne. And God reigns. I'll just read verse 1. We hadn't time to go through the rest, but we'll finish with this. Verse 93 and verse 1. The Lord reigneth. What words? He is clothed with majesty. The commentators tell us, not with the emblems of majesty, just like Charles was in his coronation. But majesty itself. The Lord is clothed with strength, with strength wherewith he girded himself. The world also is established that it cannot be moved. And that psalm goes on to say about the waters and the, the many waters that come amongst us, of which there are many. But his throne is established of old and it'll never be moved. Praise his name and glory to his name alone that the Lord reigneth. Thank you, Bert.